I would imagine they don't know any better, though. I would imagine, like, they just think this is okay, and then they just run with it. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Today, we are bringing back Jake and Cody over at Evergrow Marketing. These guys were on our podcast a few episodes back. And in those episodes, we talked about web pages, websites, Google My Business. So I encourage you guys to go back and listen to those first. They're a must listen. Now today, we're going to take it one step further and we're going to talk about SEO. So whether you're not sure what SEO is, you're dabbling in a little bit, or perhaps you're looking to hire a company to do your SEO for you, you do not want to miss today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about some of the great practices that are out there that you can do. We're also going to talk about some of the not so great practices that are going on that can actually hurt your landscape business. So do not miss today's episode. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you, if you're a landscaper and you're just struggling trying to figure out what you need to charge your customers for your work, you need to check out the Million Dollar Academy. Inside the Million Dollar Academy, we're going to walk you through step by step and figure out what you need to charge your customers based on your business's numbers, what you pay for your insurance, what you pay your people, what your overhead is. We're going to walk you through it and show you how simple it is so you can create an accurate estimate every single time. So definitely go check out the Million Dollar Academy today. Now, before you do that, there's a quick word from our sponsors. The only app every landscaper needs, CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. CompanyCam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners with galleries and project timelines, all from your smartphone. CompanyCam, the only app every landscaper needs. Check it out at companycam.com million or in your app store. If you run a landscape or lawn care business, you know the work never ends. There's customer service, hiring staff, mounds of paperwork. The to-do list just goes on and on. Plus, you still need to do the actual work that pays your bills. Running your entire business with pen and paper alone is just hard and really plain messy. You know you need a better system to stay on top of everything so nothing falls through the cracks. Jobber is a mobile and online app that helps keep your business organized and looking more professional than ever. With Jobber, you can quote jobs, schedule your crews, send out invoices, accept payments online all in one place. You won't know how you ran your business without it. Jobber offers free one-on-one coaching to help get you started, and there's no software experience needed. Get paid on time, go paperless, and impress your customers. Try it for free today at getjobber.com forward slash MDL. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Busy. Busy Busy is so simple to use, and it's the most reliable GPS time tracking app on the market. And the best part is, it was built for landscapers. Busy Busy's founder created Busy Busy because he owns multiple construction companies and needed to understand better which projects were making him money and which projects were killing him. Payroll is the highest variable cost in the project, so you better be tracking it. Busy Busy does this better than anyone else. 
So download Busy Busy Day, and don't forget to mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast to get three free months. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try SendGym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now I'm excited to have on our special guests again today, Jake Hunley and Cody C of Evergrow Marketing. These guys do an amazing job of just not only setting up websites and building websites for you, but they basically create the whole package. They will create their website, but also create the Google ads, the Facebook ads, they kind of all tie together. So I'm excited to have these guys on here because today we are going to dive into SEO. And I know some people get confused by it, don't want to touch it, they're scared of it. So I'm excited to have these guys on here. Appreciate you guys coming, Jake and Cody. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Glad to be back again. So just real quick before we dive in here today, you guys mind talking a little bit about you and, and, and what Evergrow Marketing is and what they do? Yeah. So we're a performance-based digital marketing agency specifically for the green industry, uh, landscaping and lawn care businesses alike. And you know, we're not your guys that are going to create you a logo. We're not your guys that are going to run your postcard campaign. You pay us to get leads and you pay us to get good leads. And that's what we provide. So we always have that focus when you work with us. So today, like I said, we want to really dive into SEO and more specifically like bad SEO. And you guys have been telling me a little bit about it during before we started talking today's podcast. And it's it's crazy what you guys have come across and what you see. There's a lot of people out there who learn SEO over the course of their years. And, and it's not just other marketers like us. It's, it's business owners, landscapers who have dabbled in SEO in the mid 2000s or even, you know, as recently as five years ago, who have learned a few things and tricks of the trade back then that don't really apply today. And even today you can get, you know, deranked or de-indexed by Google for doing some of these practices. And I still see these promoted in groups, not just landscaping groups, but also like actual marketing groups that I'm in. And so our objective today is to really kind of clear the air of some things that are being recommended and some things you probably shouldn't do. And we're going to provide alternative ways to handle the situation to help optimize for what you're trying to do. So what is bad SEO to begin with? There are three forms of SEO. There's white hat, gray hat, and black hat. And white hat are things that are good. It's what Google wants you to do or other search engines wants you to do to be honest and transparent um, while also providing the user a really good user experience based off of what they searched. And there's gray hat, which is SEO tactics that somewhat influence 
search engines to divert traffic to you, even though you might not have the best quality content that they want to rank. Then there is Black Hat SEO, which is intentional ways of influencing the search engine to go to you, but in a very negative way, in a way that you're not just influencing them, you're almost manipulating the search engine. And there are different like punishments for each of them. So with Gray Hat, there's like some punishments. There's some that go undetected, unnoticed. There's some that Google doesn't really want to touch yet, but they will in the future. Then there's Black Hat, which is, yeah, you're going to get in trouble if you get caught. And both of them are still promoted by marketers and landscapers alike. So Black Hat policies are basically always against Google's policies, if not illegal, just flat out illegal. <laughs> so how would a, a landscaper know the differences? And you mind talking a little bit about that? To, to provide a clear definition, when we say bad SEO, uh, we're talking about SEO that has a negative long-term impact, but can and most likely will have short-term gains, but will hurt you in the long run, right? Uh, just want to be clear about that because some people might have that mentality of, well, short-term games, you know, are okay. <laughs> does it work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, short-term it does. So does robbing a bank, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so basically you can split it two ways. First, you have your websites. And with your website, with SEO, you kind of have one of two consequences of doing bad SEO. One is manual penalty. So in Search Console, which is a Google software that manages your relationship with their index, They'll just tell you straight up, hey, knock it off. <laughs> we see what you're doing. Stop doing it. And then the second one, which is the absolute worst case scenario, you just get de-indexed. So Google just wipes you out. If you search for your website, you won't find it on Google. They've removed you completely. I want to mention something about Google too. So when you make a search on Google, it is not a live feed of websites that exist out there. It is a Google database. They index all their sites. They store them in their database. And then when you search, they crawl their database and return a result that they think is best for you. When you get de-indexed, they're taking your site and they're removing it from their database. It's like a book in the library and they just got rid of your book. <laughs> yep. But so that's your website. And then separate though, because it has such a big influence on the landscaping industry is Google My Business. So if you're doing bad SEO with your Google My Business profile, one of two things will happen. In the best case scenario, they'll just correct it, right? So they'll correct your profile to be accurate or whatever it is that needs to be fixed. Worst case scenario, they'll just remove it entirely. <laughs> so they'll just take it away. Same, same thing, just on the map. So some of the practices, I think this is kind of where the meat of the podcast episode comes into is these are some of the bad SEO practices that can happen. So I think first we'll start with things that, can, that you, people do on their website or they promote on their website. The first one is one thing that I am always campaigning against because I'm always seeing this from marketers and landscaping business owners alike, and it's called doorway pages. So the definition of a doorway page is a page that is essentially used to capture a specific search query to funnel them to a different page. And the way that these are used is we'll take an example of location pages. So let's say you service uh, Kansas City and then also, you know, seven suburbs. If you have a location page that has the title or basically the same content on each one of those, you know, landscaper in Kansas City, landscaper in Overland Park, landscaper in, you know, Shawnee, and you're duplicating the content and just swapping out the geo, then that is considered a doorway page. You are manipulating the search engine in order to get you ranked for those keywords, landscaper and whatever. You're not being entirely truthful. 
you're a landscaper that has a service area, yes, but you don't have locations in these pages. You just service those locations. I see a lot of websites that still do this. They not only do like landscaper Overland Park, they also do lawn care Overland Park. They do irrigation Overland Park. And this is very bad. It's a direct violation of Google's policy. And they outline this in the show notes, Scott, I'll send you all these links to these so you can put them there. And, and people listening to this podcast, you don't just have to take our word for it. You can take Google's word for it. And we don't like to just pretend like we know everything. <laughs> We're just telling you like what we know Google has actually stated. So a better way to, to fix this is only have a page for a location that you have. So if you have two offices, it's good to have two location pages for where those offices are located. Talk about where they're located, when they were established, what the office size is, who they service. But generally, if you only have one location or you work out of your home or don't want people to know where you are, just have one service areas page that has a map of where you service and a, a list of all of your service areas. Don't try to influence search engines by creating multiple pages. We always say on your website, target your number one service area first. Everything else is secondary. Then when you're ready to expand and open a second location, then focus on that. That go back to like how it used to be where um, you'd put, you know, whatever landscaping services in my area would be Crown Point. And at the bottom, list out all the towns and all the services, like just writing all the words in there. Is that <laughs> pretty much it, it's it's one thing to like list those Think like lists that you offer these and this service in these cities. And it's another thing to actually have pages for those. So in, in our in our podcast, we had a few weeks ago with you talking about pillar page content structure. There's a point of it where it gets too granular. And you know, one, you fight with keyword cannibalization, and two, you you fight with doing gray or black hat SEO. But yeah, that's that's doorway pages. See a lot of it, see a lot of marketers still promoting it, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Good. So that point, it brings up uh, another one that we had written down, which there isn't much to say about other than that. It's just keyword stuffing. If you're using the same words with too high a frequency and it sounds unnatural, that's bad SEO. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, it might work short term, but long term, Google's going to catch on. In fact, if it doesn't even immediately hurt you just with the usability, people are trying to read it and they're like, what's happening here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you're reading it and you're like in Edmond, Oklahoma, and you're like, we're the Edmond, Oklahoma landscaper serving the Edmond, Oklahoma area with, you know, and if, it's, if it sounds unnatural, knock it off. Because <laughs> Google has a system, their algorithm is based off of NLP, which is natural language processing. They can understand what you're doing. They can understand similes, metaphors. They can understand just the human language. And if it sounds unnatural, Google's not going to like it either. There is a metric called keyword density. And keyword density is whatever keyword you're targeting. How many times does that show up on the page divided by how many words are on the page? And you want to aim between like a 1% and 2% keyword density. If you start getting high above that, you're, you're looking at keyword stuffing. Google knows everything. <laughs> it's, it's a little freaky how they can read content. Cody, I think you might be good with talking about PBNs. Yeah. So the next two that we have written down are just links in general. So one of them is just bot links. Any links that you buy outright. We need to be a little bit clear about this because it can be hard to differentiate sometimes. So if you're just buying a link for the purpose of buying a link to the link back to your website, that is bad. <laughs> right? So just to explain the concept of a link first. So when people link to your website, it's not just about people actually clicking on the link to refer to your website, right? That's what people initially think. And it makes sense to think of it that way. But Google sees a link as like a referral or a vote of confidence. So when you have good quality links pointing to you, that helps you rank better. 
But when you buy them, that's a direct violation of Google's policies. So I want to clarify, though, if you are, say, the sponsor of your local Little League baseball team, right, and they have you listed on their website as a sponsor, that's a great opportunity to get a clean, good quality link. If they're not linking to you, just reach out. Hey, thank you for putting us on the site. Could you link the logo back to us or whatever it is that's happening there? That's a good practice. And that's not buying links. That's just you doing a good thing and then getting that in return. But this is hard. So what people have started doing uh, is creating what's called PBNs or private backlink networks. So they create their own websites, basically, and then link to your own website from the other sites that they own and manage. And it's sketchy. <laughs> it's, it's super sketchy. It is even expensive to manage. Uh, it's a lot of work to do something that you could just do the clean way. It's getting to the point where it's nearly outdated. The reason why it's still going on is because Google is catching on to it, but it's getting harder for them to notice. So the way that it works is Google has bots who go out, crawl the web, and the web is like this big spider web, right? And when they see a cluster of like a web that only links to itself, that's what they recognize as a PPN. So it's hard for them to find. Once they find it, they'll wipe the entire PPN from their index. So none of it will be able to be found. And then also everything that you worked for to uh, improve your ranking, improve your SEO will just be gone. One thing Cody did mention that PBNs are expensive to create these these mass um, amounts of websites that link to specific industry or related websites. This is why building PBNs is also a business model. Building a PBN and then renting out links from all of those sites. So there was um, there's a marketer, I won't say who um, or which industry, but in a video they had, or not a video, it was a frequently asked question. And it was, what happens to all the links that are acquired when I do SEO with you? And one of them was like, well, we use a service that gets you these links, gets you links to your site and gets your authority up. And then goes on to say like, don't do this yourself, let professionals do it because you can, you can do it a wrong way and you can do it right away, which is true. It depends on what you mean by right. But uh, if you cancel the services, those links go away because we're no longer renting those. What I, my advice would be, yeah, cancel that service immediately because you're buying links from PBN, which is a double bad. But yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff that's kind of, that's being promoted. That is, it's frustrating to see because we have to deal with the aftermath of bad SEO to the point of where we've now had two clients that have worked with us where their SEO and their website was so spammy and bad of links that Facebook won't even allow us to post the link to their website on Facebook. Even in a message, we can send it in a message and it says, sorry, your link can't be posted. And this this is one of the bad sides of SEO where it's not even really SEO. It's, it's other platforms being like, no, your website had too many spammy links come to it. Yeah, and it's one of those touchy things like you can sponsor something and receive a link, but there's a right and a wrong way to do that. So if we were to go to Turf Magazine and we were to say, hey, promote an article of us and we'll pay you, what Google wants to see is a sponsor tag in the link so that Google knows, oh, you guys paid for this this article and it links to your site. That never happens. Nobody ever does that. And that's <laughs> one of those things too where it's like, it's like white gray where it's like, it's not really a PBN and you're not really buying a link. You're being sponsored. The whole idea is that Google's evolving and they're picking up on these things. And as more people enter the marketplace for SEO, there's going to be more competition, which means Google is going to get much, much more strict and granular on who gets to rank. So yeah, that is 
the biggest thing for on-site SEO. I think we covered all of like the the ones we wanted to talk about on site. We still have to cover Google My Business or Google Business Profile now, yeah. <laughs> but we do have. Um, it's not bad SEO; it's just bad practices. It's searching yourself on Google to determine what your rank is. In the past, Google has used over two hundred ranking signals to determine who gets to show up, and it's a formula of of that. Now they don't they don't say it's two hundred ranking signals, but I mean it's pretty well agreed. But uh. A few of those are your location and also your own browsing history and the own cookies on your browser. So if you have been to your site, if you have engaged with it, looked up, you found yourself, they're going to show you what they think they want you to see, which is probably going to be your site. So if you're Googling yourself and it's showing, you know, oh, hey, I'm on the I'm on the second position. You're probably not. (laughs) You are for you. The other thing, too, is that it's a search by search basis. So even though you're in the first position for one search, you could be in the hundredth position for the next person. And for this, there's two main things you can look at. One is the ad preview tool. It's a tool in Google ads that lets you see what a real time search result might look like when you type in a specific set of keywords. The other one is search console, like Cody said, where they'll actually record the phrases that people search for when you show up and if you get clicked on. And that'll give you actual averages of where you're ranking. This is something that we track for our clients for different keywords like landscaper in Oklahoma or whatever and variations of that. And we always tell our clients like, hey, you know, if you're averaging position 23, but you were averaging position 54 last month, we just made a huge jump. We just jumped two pages. And our goal is to get that obviously to average page one. Average page one is a big deal. That means averagely you're always on page one. But just because Google Search Console tells you you're averaging position 23 or 50 or whatever doesn't mean you don't show up on page one every now and then. And uh, that's a really important distinction to make when you're optimizing for SEO. Some guys will say, well, you can open an incognito tab and search that way. And then that way it doesn't take in like your your browser history or your location, uh, which is true to an extent. But it's a better way of doing it than just searching outright. However, Google still tracks you in incognito. There's been all kinds of case studies. They still track you. I think DuckDuckGo and uh, yeah, DuckDuckGo and Brave browsers both had a study about how Google Incognito still tracks you. <laughs> so if they're still tracking me, chances are there's still ranking signals in there that are aren't being totally unbiased. I would imagine, especially if it's made by Google, they're going to be doing something with that data. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, everybody just be doing Incognito. <laughs> There's some guys in like incognito window right now and are going, oh no. Yeah, yeah. I got to get off the site before my wife sees it. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I didn't know about some of the, the PBNs. That's pretty interesting of, as far as mm-hmm. hiring companies. I didn't like, I knew you want to oh. get backlinks, but I didn't know you can hire like. Yeah. Like, the, worst part is, the worst part is they, they work. Yeah. Like, like Cody said, they work in the short term. But like if that's your long term strategy, you're going to have a really tough time when Google catches on to that PBN and gives you a manual action in your search console. And if you don't have your search console hooked up, you're not going to know that your website's going to get de-indexed. I can't imagine, too, just from a business perspective, offering that type of agreement to a client, being like, hey, uh, we're going to do this. I hope you're okay if it all falls apart, right? Because <laughs> like, that's that's the kind of disclaimer you would basically have to have. So. I would imagine they don't know any better, though. I would imagine like they just think this is okay, and then they just run with it. To be fair, I don't think I don't think those marketing agencies stick around long enough to deal with the ramifications. 
Yeah. yeah. Do you think many landscapers even know about that? You know, they see this, no. oh, I can get this. Yeah. Well, I think they know, I think most landscapers, they hire a company that does this for them and they don't realize that they're doing that. I mean, I can go to any website on, and see what, what, what other websites link to them. Um, mm-hmm. we have, there's a free reporting tools that do that. And we have paid ones that do that too and calculate spam score. So like how spammy websites are linking to you. So they don't, they don't know that this is being done for them. And there's other landscapers who have done digital marketing in the past who still do this and say, no, it's totally fine. I've ranked just fine with it. And yeah, mm-hmm. you probably have. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not a good idea. And then there's a lot of landscapers who just don't know what it's called, but they know that links are good. So they'll, they'll go and buy links or whatever. And well, now you know what it's called. But <laughs> we, we, we have all of our clients are landscaping and lawn care. Well, 99% of them are. And a lot of them have blogs. And, it, you know, you might think that it's good to reference another client's blog from our blog because they're in the same industry, same niche. Google would see some authority with that. But if we start doing that, we start creating a PBN out of our own clients. It's, they don't pay for it, but we, when we basically are running the sites and we're just exchanging links for free, I mean, that's a PBN. Yeah. You got to you got to be careful with that. And so we don't link to other client websites from our existing clients unless absolutely necessary. Uh, like you said, it's one thing if it's, you sponsor like you said your baseball team or mm-hmm. like well, I can say in our area, one of our local uh, supply stores shops they actually have a list of landscapers, like they're professional yeah. landscapers. So that's a good one, correct? Yeah. yeah. It, there's a difference between like a PBN and like a directory. Like you can have a directory if it's relevant. Like, you know, this is your landscape sh- supply shop. Like these are a bunch of landscapes we work with. It's a directory. Yeah. And, you know, directory citations, that's part of local SEO. We've got a whole blog post on on our site. Those are good. So let's dive into the Google My Business or Google Business Profile now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's actually, it's one of those things that compared to the PBN, like people can understand this at least. It's not so out there that it's it's hard to comprehend. But most of the things are, are pretty basic. The simplest one being fake profiles. <laughs> like people will just make spam fake profiles in the areas that they want to rank and then put their business there, even though it's not actually there. If someone tried to drive there, there would be nothing there. And the reason that they're doing that is because Google won't say this. So I'll be clear. So, so I'll say it. <laughs> this, is, this is just, uh, I won't even say conjecture. Information that we have gathered from personal yeah. experience. So guys that operate out of their home, right? Lots of them. That's, that's a very common and normal thing to do with a business, like a service business. You can, if you don't serve customers at your home, you have a service area business, as Google calls it. You don't publish your address. You just say, hey, here's where I operate and here's my general service area. Then they have physical location businesses where you do drop your pin on the location where you serve customers. It is more advantageous to rank with a physical pin place where customers can come to. Google won't say that. They'll tell you that it's it's all fine. <laughs> so that's why people put down fake profiles is to get their pin in that area. But you actually, you can't do that. It's against Google's policies to say that you serve customers at a place that you don't, right? So it's a little bit of hacking that people do. You just have to be very careful about it. So people try to hack too with um, PO boxes, right? Uh, UPS, you can do you can do UPS boxes, but not PO boxes. Right, right, right. Yep, that, that's the general idea there. But then the other one I just wanted to point out was even just Google profile naming. So people will try to put, you know, their business name and then landscaping company in their the name of their business, which you can't do. That's against Google's policies too. 
so we actually we had a client whose competitor was doing that and outranking him. This is us kind of being a jerk, but also following the rules. <laughs> yeah, because whoever their competitor was using was okay with doing some yeah. black hat SEO, basically. Best landscaping company in Cedar Falls. And like that was the name <laughs> on Google business. So nice. um, we flagged it and it was fixed within like an hour. Yeah. So whatever they did, however hard that they worked in order to get that was just wiped out that quickly. So with UPS, you can get like an address for like a UPS box. And some people will have Google verify their location at that UPS, like downtown of the city they want to rank in. And all the verification was typically was Google would send a postcard to the address. You would get a pin on that and then you would punch it into Google business and it would verify your location. Within the last year or so, they started adding video verification as an option. So like you can take a video of different parts of your business that has signage outside. Lately, they've had video verification as a default option. So it's becoming more and more apparent that they are catching on to these UPS boxes and, and different ways to manipulate search engines. And they are taking business profiles down. So if you're sending reviews to, um, you know, if your people are reviewing your fake locations, we've had clients who had hundreds of reviews on a fake location and then lose them because Google decided to take it down and you lost all of those reviews. You could have been stacking on your real location. Wow. <laughs> um, it seems like there's always somebody that's going to find some way to try to get around different ways and different yeah, things and <laughs> you're bound to get caught. We, we had, we had a client who had like nine locations and only two real locations. And he had hundreds, almost like, uh, like half a thousand reviews on some of these uh, other fake locations. Fortunately, we're like, let's clean this up. Let's do good SEO. And we were actually able to get in contact with Google and work with them for like a month and a half and merge all of those locations into his two real locations and keep all of his reviews and everything. Nice. That was 100% coordinated by Cody and it was amazing execution. Yeah, don't <laughs> uh, don't try that yourself. <laughs> this is one of the times, there's a lot of times where we're like, hey, we'll teach you how to do this. Um, don't, honestly don't, because you're going to call attention to a problem that Google might not have caught onto yet, right? And if you don't navigate it tact, then you're going to put yourself in trouble. So just don't do it from the start because <laughs> then you won't have to clean it up. But if you do have to clean it up, I guess hit us up because <laughs> uh, I don't want you to have worked that hard and then everything get completely wiped out. So let me ask you, so I've had people in our academy that have been using some, some SEO people, some different marketers. They haven't received reports. They don't even know what's going on. How does a normal landscaper, anybody, any landscaper know that their marketer, their SEO person is doing a good job and not doing these bad SEO practices. Uh, look at your website. <laughs> uh, I just got off the phone with a guy and I was like, hey, this, this is a really weird way for how your services are structured on your website. Like, why is fencing a subcategory of sod installation? And he's like, it is? And I'm like, yeah, look at your website. <laughs> like, and uh, a lot of these, you can just look at your website and look. So like doorway pages, do you have doorway pages? <laughs> I mean, we just went over those keyword stuffing. Does your does your content not sound like? Does it not sound natural? You know, there's other things like your uh, the keyword stuffing, your page title, and other uh, your alt text on your images, and there's other things like that too. That we have blogs on our blog posts on our website of you can understand of what a meta description is, what an alt text is, how to access those, and how to optimize them. So if you're curious about that, you can take a look. But like PBNs, ask them. Are they doing, are they using PBNs? You can also use a tool like Moz or Raven tools, where if you pay, you can see all the links that are coming to you. 
and you can see what their spam score is. You can also look at your links in Google Search Console and see what some of these links are linking to you. If they look spammy, they probably are. But some marketers are pretty candid about using PBNs or buying links. Just ask them how they're getting links to your site. If you don't have a blog and they're getting links to your site, that's cause for concern because what could you possibly have on your site that someone would be willing to link to other than a directory citation? If you don't have content on there other than who you are and what your services are, there's almost no reason anybody should be linking to you except for a directory citation or some kind of sponsorship opportunity. If you have a blog, you have a lot of content, then it's a little more open. Then people are willing to link to the information that you're providing. We have tons of links to our website because we provide a lot of really valuable information in our blog. Look at your Google business profile. Does it follow any of the things that we just said? Is it a fake PO box? Is it is it a UPS box? Does it have a misleading name? Is it not your business name <laughs> actually? But yeah, that's really how easy it is. Just are they doing it? Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one last thing I wanted to bring up, and this is something you guys, when we were talking about this podcast before was, and it's something I never even thought about, is proper company acquisitions. So when you're buying somebody else's out or somebody's buying your company, some things you need to think about for your, your website and digital assets, right? Yeah. This was one of those things where it, was, it wasn't long enough to have its own podcast episode, but it's bad <laughs> SEO if you forget about it. And uh, we've dealt with this a couple of times or twice now in the last two months. Two of our clients have acquired another company and you know got all their physical assets and, and everything like that and all their customers but completely forgot about their domain, the Google business profile, the company they acquired, their digital assets. You know, if you can take that company you acquired, take their domain and do what's called a redirect. And anybody who visits that old domain gets redirected to your page or a landing page you have about acquiring that business. That's fantastic for your SEO. All the links that went to that domain of that company that you acquired are not going to be redirected to your site. Same thing with the Google business profile. If they have a, a location, like especially a physical location, keep that up, get control of it and change the name, make the appropriate updates. We had a client who um, acquired the company and they were like, hey, can we get access to that Google business location? And the company that they acquired said, oh, that's okay. We just marked it as closed since you guys are taking your own. And I was like, they actually had a physical location. It was a nursery that they bought and Google Fortunately, it was able to get resolved, but if you mark a location as closed, it'll be there for six months as closed. And people, when the people search that location, even past customers of the old business, they're going to see a closed business. They're not going to see who acquired it. That's a huge point. You know, you acquired a lot of assets, but you shot yourself in the foot by not acquiring the digital assets. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today to kind of talk about some of these bad practices. Like I said, I learned a lot of things here today. I took some notes because this is great information. And I'm sure, honestly, a lot of landscapers probably didn't even know about some of this stuff. So it's good to know about bad practices. And just like you said, take a look at your website, seeing something just seems weird and off because it might be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just look at it. (laughs) So many clients don't even look at their own website and it just shocks me. Mind sharing a little bit about your or how people can get hold of you and, and and find you on the website and everything? Yeah, just type in evergrowmarketing.com or search Evergrow Marketing in Google. You can find us on Facebook as well. Call, email us, fill out a form, and you know we can see if we're a good fit together. And if we're not, we'll point you in the right direction. Okay. A couple of just real quick questions. Mm-hmm. What happened on your worst date? I met my girlfriend. Uh, uh, i'm kidding uh no um i haven't really had a bad day but i had a really funny moment 
my girl, my current girlfriend, we left the speakeasy that we were at and we were going to go to like an arcade bar. And so we just rode together and I opened the front door and there was like two empty bottles of vodka <laughs> on the, <laughs> but it was just because like she was moving or I don't know if she's moving or whatever, but like, she's like, yeah, just kick those aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's how I knew she was the one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. And then the last one, cause I know you guys got to get going, but would you rather have deep dish or thin crust pizza? Deep dish. That's a no brainer for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with deep dish. That's nice, good. Nice. Wait, Cody, do you have a bad date? Uh, I was gonna say, I don't know how bad this is. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I once took a girl home early because she just clearly wasn't into it, and I was like, "Hey, we don't have to do this," you know. I'm like, "I'll just take you home," and she was a little like taken aback at first, but I think she was okay with it after. My my girlfriend is vicious. She was telling me about some of the first dates she has and like like literally would cut people off in the middle of a conversation and be like, this isn't working out. I'm leaving. Not even like for like really bad things, but she's like, we're just wasting our time. And I'm like, how <laughs> how did I pass the how, how did I pass the test? <laughs> Can you imagine being that guy? Like, oh geez. Oh, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I know I, I I felt bad for those guys. <laughs> At the same time, I'm like, all right, man, I, you know what you want. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, again, I appreciate you guys hopping in here and sharing all this valuable information. Guys, if you need some help with your website, need some help with Google ads, Facebook ads, or just seeing if your person's doing your stuff is doing it wrong, go check these guys out. Hit them up on their website. Check out their blog. They have tons of great information that'll help you direct like how to set up Google ads and all kinds of stuff. So go check it out. I encourage you guys. All right. Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. As always, I really yep. appreciate being on the podcast. All right. Have a good one. All right, you too. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 